This is Off the Red Carpet with George Pinocchio, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. Hi, everyone. George Pinocchio here, and thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Off the Red Carpet. So with me today is someone we had to really work with her schedule because she's busy all the time. She watches more movies than anyone I know. She had appointments before me. She has another appointment after me, but she made it here. It's the movie shark herself, Debbie Lynn Elias. Hi, Debbie. Hey, George. I am so excited to be back with you. It's always so fun seeing you, but it's even more fun when we get to do something together. Well, we talk a lot off mic. Off now it's fun to talk it's, on mic. It's very fun on mic, especially when we're talking about movies that are being released. Right, but before we talk about the movies that are going to be released soon, we're going to be going through September, October, and just a little bit of November. But I want people to know some things about you, because I mentioned you see about three movies a day. And we all have our specialties that do this for a living, uh, who we interview and who we enjoy talking to. And I find that I love my classic stars. I like my older women. But you have a niche that is unlike most people who do what we do. And you somehow have discovered directors of photography, editors, um, writers. And you have all these people that are in your world that come and talk to you all the time. And you see movies differently because of that. But tell me how that fascination began for you. Well, I think you probably know this better than most people, George. That fascination began for me because of my father, uh, who started in Philadelphia at Channel 6 and started as a cameraman for American Bandstand and worked his way all the way up, a television engineer, and stayed with the station for 60 years until he passed. When you grow up a television engineer's daughter... And you get gifts of soldering irons and you're making printed circuit boards when you're 12 years old and you're on set. Somewhere there is a picture of me sitting on the bandstand set when I was a month old. Um, So it just kind of gets ingrained. And the fact that my dad is the one that first turned me on to films, the very first film I saw was... uh, Nosferatu, 1925, silent. I was four when he sat down with me. My mother took care of the musicals and the classics, such as Cary Grant and Clark Gable, um, and then all the MGM musicals. But my dad was the one that would sit there with war movies and pictures, and he'd go, all right, now, look at this. What do you see? And I would have to break down frames based on lighting, light and shadow, initially in black and white, and then when color came into play. And that was my early training, so it was inevitable. I would end up in production, and then I was always writing as well. You were doomed from the time you were four I, I was, to be in this business. Now I, well, considering my birth was announced on the air by Dick Clark and by Bill Weber in Philadelphia, I was doomed from the afternoon of my birth. Well, I just want people to know that you often consider the stars of movies the people that we often don't see. And I think that's lovely because I know these people love talking to you because you give them an outlet to talk about what they are most interested in. So if you want to know about all things (laughs) movies connected to Debbie, go to BehindTheLensOnline.net. You get trailers, you get commentary, you get a lot of extras, you get full interviews. You're going to get a lot of education, I think, in the world of movies. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to start with uh, pretty much, I'm going to say, the fall. 
And we're going to start with a movie that opens on September 6th. It's a sequel. The first one did well. It's a scary movie. It's rated R. It is It Chapter 2. What do you know? Well, I've never been a huge fan of Pennywise and the It series. I respect the filmmaking immensely. I'm very intrigued because Gary Dauberman is the writer and the cast because now it chapter two we have the adult cast all the children that were scared to death 27 years later that's right so now we've got jessica chastain we've got bill Hader. we've got james mcavoy i mean i will see jessica chastain in anything and of course we've got finn wolfhard in here finn's having he's having a busy fall season because he's popping up in a couple other films too and of course we've got bill skarsgård back, back pennywise. as pennywise so it's rated R, and I think that's really interesting because a lot of times moviegoers or movie studios know that they can get a hit with a PG-13 horror film. An R is a, a bit of a risk. But you have to consider the source material here and the origination of where this story came from. And I really believe that a film of this ilk, a story like this, it works much better as an R. You, because you go in believing that you're going to have a lot more thrills, chills, and scares. A perfect example of where I think they could have pushed it further is the new Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that's produced by Guillermo del Toro and directed by and, uh, Andre Orvidal. But they wanted this to be a, like an entry into the horror yep. film world, so they wanted it to be PG-13. Right. And these were young adult novels, so they're yeah. keeping it like that. You're they're right. Keep- they could have made it a lot scarier. They could have. But I think the audience and the money it made showed that they were probably wiser. Uh, very wise. So. All right, Debbie, let's move ahead a week now to September 13th. We've got The Goldfinch, and this is based on a bestseller, right? It sure is. But of course, and I'm very curious to see how this adaptation Uh, comes out because the book was over 800 pages long and this has been condensed to a little over two hours now we're getting more and more used to these lengthy films thanks to tarantino thanks to marvel (laughs) you know this is becoming commonplace and it used to be commonplace back in Ford coppola right but you know it used to be commonplace back in the golden in the golden age of film back in the 30s 40s 50s Two-hour films were, uh, that was normal. So I'm really curious, and this is another one where Finn Wolfhard is in. So you can see him two weeks in a row in the theaters. Um, But it's got Nicole Kidman, Sarah Paulson. So I'm curious to see what happens. John Crowley is the director. And John Crowley brought us that beautiful film, Brooklyn, a few years ago, starring Saoirse Ronan. I think Nicole Kidman has a way of picking good material, so I'm going to say this is something I want to see. I'm curious about the other movie opening the same weekend, and that's Hustlers with um, Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu, and it's about these um, strippers, right? It is, and of course, it's directed by an incredible female director, Lorene Scafaria. I've spoken with Lorene before. Her film, The Meddler, which starred Susan Sarandon, she was all. She also brought a Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. So I'm in, I'm really interested to see what she does with this one, but I'm more interested on the 13th. Depraved, a Larry Fessenden film. Larry is back behind the camera with this one. Most people are saying, who is Larry Fessenden? Larry Fessenden is a horror icon. 
a horror icon. All horror fans are know the name immediately. And the film, it's it's a twist on Frankenstein. So I'm really interested to see this one. Uh, has a great cast with Joshua Leonard, uh, who I'll see in anything. Joshua is one of those indie darling actors. He was in the Blair Witch Project. Yes, he was. So A lot of the names we might not know, but you'll probably know their faces. But this is going to be a film that is deals with PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. With the with the medic who yes. okay, builds the monster. Yes. I saw Freaks, and I'll tell you something. Freaks opens that same day. It's in limited release. But this is a movie that has Bruce Dern in it. And I don't know what it is about <laughs> Bruce Dern, but if he utters one word... I love what he says, and I feel like I've, I, I know what went into creating that one word before it ever comes out of his mouth. He's so nice and brilliant. And what is it? Bruce Dern is having, he's always been omnipresent in, <laughs> in, in the cinematic world. But lately, he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's in Peanut Butter Falcon. Now he's, he's popping up. Yep. He's in everything. I think it's great that he wants to work, and I think that people can see when they write a screenplay, this would be great for Bruce. Yeah. He knows how to do it. And that's what we're hearing from directors is that when they're getting a script or from writers, it's like immediately they, that's who they see in that particular role. And he's saying yes. And we have to remember how far he goes back in this business. (sighs) Decades. I was talking recently about him being in hush, hush, sweet Charlotte Mm -hmm. with Betty Davis and Olivia de Havilland. I mean, I think that he, and, and he has a memory for all of it. Which oh, is yeah. Great. I really need that book. And, of course, he was actually doing stunts for many years, a lot of Western stunts, uh, with a lot of the guys who were my mentors when I first came to Hollywood. Wow. So, you know, it's – I love these – you talk about how much you love the old film stars. I love them equally so. Sure. Well, we're often on the line. At the yes, we are. At TCM. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, September 20th is a day that a lot of women are looking forward to, I think, especially because this is the day that Downton Abbey becomes a big screen film. And they've been using those promos for a long, long time. I think if you're a fan of Downton Abbey, you will probably go to see this movie because you invested many seasons in it and you miss the characters. Am I right there, Debbie? I think you're absolutely right on this one. Michael Engler is directing this the cast is all back who doesn't want to see maggie smith i love maggie smith. i love maggie smith maggie smith is hugh bonneville melda staunton these incredible british actors and michelle dockery keeps showing us what she can do outside yes. of that world and yes so i think we could look at her from from a different set of eyes from now on but two other movies that i'm just very excited about on the 20th oh here comes your james franco fascination well okay well it's not just james franco (laughs) because the 20th is also rambo last blood okay so we've got sly stallone and we've got james franco he's in zeroville james james franco is in zeroville once again this is a film set in 1969 hollywood and he plays a guy who has dreams of making it in the business and gets on a bus and comes out to Hollywood and starts building sets and uh, working his way up and gets befriended by an editor and starts editing. But there's a lot of fun stuff going on. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, see it. It is a 19 it has all the vibe of a 1969 Peter Max pop art 
It, it's just amazing. And of course, General Hospital fans who have longed for the return of James Franco as Franco <laughs> definitely are going to want to see this. You know, he's put a lot into his career, and I don't know if a lot of people know some of this, but I remember going late at night, my wife and I would go to this diner in our neighborhood, and outside on the patio with a writing partner, sometimes we could overhear accidentally, mm-hmm. of course, um, James Franco would be working on scripts. Yeah. So he was, he's been working on on really shaping this career for, for decades now, and it's nice to see that he gets the opportunities that he's getting now. And he works with so many, as as a visiting professor at some universities, he works with so many young talent, encouraging them and helping them, mentoring them as directors. One of my favorite films that he's done within the past oh, five, six years, The Adderall Diaries. Mm. Brilliant. He has a great... He has a genius conception of things, and I love to see how he applies it to his characters, to his scripts, and then is in his directorial vision. So I'm really looking forward to Zeroville, which he also which he directs. Okay, so then what happens here? Let's say it's this weekend, September 20th, and you go to the theater because you haven't seen Rambo or Zeroville. What do you see first, Debbie? Ah, uh, well. I got to see Sly Stallone in Rambo first. Rambo, Last Blood, four decades after his first one, right? Absolutely. And and call me jaded, but the fact that I worked on several Stallone films, he gets a little bit of an edge. They say this is the last chapter. Uh, Well, we've heard that about a lot of things, and now we may also be getting another Rocky. Why not? Why not? I'm surprised at all of the films that are coming out. We're talking about these movies. Oh, my God. For kids, there might be two or three, and now there are sometimes ten movies in a weekend. Yeah, well, and do you remember when when we were growing, I've got a lot of years on you, even, Um, but it was... You get a lot of foreign films as matinees in the afternoon. I saw some of the greatest French fantasy films um, re- doing all the Grimm's fairy tales. And that would be a Saturday and Sunday afternoon at the local General Cinemas Theaters in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. And I would just sit there mesmerized. And uh, you got to see all of it. Now, all of those films that, that we had the chance to see were running out of places for them to be shown. Mm-hmm. Everything is going for, we've got a multiplex theater with 16 theaters, but we've got the same movie on 12 of those theaters, if not more. Yeah. And it's and it's sad, so that when we do get a ton of these films, you know, another big one on the 20th coming out, a Brad Pitt film, Ad Astra, from James Gray. And isn't to me more the same weekend? Uh, corporate animals, right? Corporate animals. Uh, is corporate? Yes, corporate animals is that weekend also. They're, they're, these are big movies, and then the following week, this is the one that I think we enjoyed the trailers for, and they've been eking out. Oh, Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland in Judy. And this one, this is this is a tough one, George. This is a real tough one. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, a lot of the classic film fans, the TCM groups, everybody's kind of on the fence. I think we have to see it before. I we... think I really do. The trailer is great. The costuming is phenomenal. Um, you know, the music. We all know that Renee Zellweger can sing. We and we all know that Judy Garland had issues. That's true. So if 
You get to see her sing and get to see some of the struggle. Maybe some people will understand Judy Garland a little bit more that didn't know a lot about her. And I think that if the film can, can achieve that and get people out to see it so they can learn more about her, I think that's a great thing. I'll see it because I want to see how they tell this story, how they do this adaptation, because it's based on the stage play Into the Rainbow. And I keep looking at the trailer thinking, how does she not get an Oscar nomination? Just from the trailer. That's, and I, I agree. Now, on the, there's also, on September 27th, there's a very special documentary okay. that I have to make mention of. One of my favorite publicists, this is so, it's very dear to Sylvia's heart. You know Sylvia. Okay. Um, it is a documentary, Jim Allison Breakthrough. Jim Allison was the 2018 Nobel Prize winner for discovering the immune system's role in defeating cancer. It's heavy stuff. This is it's heavy stuff. Kind of goes hand in hand with a Judy Garland biopic too, uh, with heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But but it's it, supposed to be inspiring, right? It very inspiring. Woody Harrelson uh, narrates it, and. I'm actually going to see it very shortly, but the pieces I have seen of it, it's amazing. And it is, it's not often we get to talk about documentaries, but this is one that I hope everybody puts on their radar. I think you think people are going to be talking about this one. I do. I really do, because cancer is such at the forefront, and I think almost every single one of us has had their lives touched by it. In in one correct. form or another. So to, here is somebody who's being celebrated for his work. And how many people pay attention to Nobel Prize winners? They don't. But they'll pay attention to the movies. Isn't that interesting, the power of the cinema, right? Yeah, absolutely. On October 4th, we're in for uh, an interesting movie that people have been waiting for just by seeing stills released of Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> so Joker's coming out. <laughs> We haven't seen um, this character in a long time. Uh, what are you hearing about this? Well, I'm hearing that De Niro is the must-see of the film. And he plays a talk show host. He plays a talk show host, um, which is it is very fitting. You know, all, all the PR materials for it, they're playing up the fact that he was in 1982's King of Comedy, Scorsese film, Jerry Lewis. I worked on it. Uh, so... <laughs> so I'm really curious to see how how this plays out. Um, we'll see. But I think that there's some other stuff that weekend. How it's going to be received, I don't know. Well, I think we know how it's going to be received. Joker's going to win the weekend. Joker maybe. could win the weekend. But then, of course, we've got The Current Wars coming out. But then it's it's been sitting around for a while. And that's the story of Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. And see, that doesn't have the sex appeal of Joker. It doesn't. But you've got Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Nicholas Houghton, Michael Shannon. Good cast. Good cast. And then we've got Lucy in the Sky that's starting to get a lot of push right now with Natalie Portman playing an astronaut. Hmm. And that could be a counter for the female audience out there in terms of programming that week, in in terms of, of releasing that weekend. Hey, we are talking with Debbie Lynn Elias. She's on Twitter at MovieSharkD. You can also find her on Twitter at BTL Radio Show. That is transmitted all around the world. 
People all around the world know this woman's name. She's also one of the people who um, ranks your movies on Rotten Tomatoes. And to do that, you have to see a lot of movies. You have to have a lot of experience. You have to prove yourself to be a worthy critic. Debbie Lynn Elias, our guest, is just that. As we move into um, the week of October 11th, that's a Friday, Mm -hmm. Gemini Man is coming out, and that's Will Smith. And he's playing a dual role, and people seem to love Will Smith. We saw what happened with Aladdin recently. And we just heard the announcement about Aladdin, and it's because of Will Smith as Genie. It makes so much money. And there's going to be another one. Yes. But now we're going to see a young Will Smith and an older present-day Will Smith. Um, So this is going to be interesting. Will Smith cloned. But Ang Lee is directing. He can pretty much do anything. Ang Lee can do almost anything known to mankind. But the movie that I wasn't interested in seeing until I checked out the voice cast is the animated The Addams Family. Mm. And that now I'm curious to see it with the voicing. It's Charlize Theron as Morticia. Yep. Chloe Grace Moretz is playing yep. Wednesday Adams. Again, yeah. Finn Wolfhard as Pugsley. From Stranger Things. This is his third film. It is it'll be his third film in five weeks. I do like that Snoop Dogg is playing cousin Ed. Well <laughs> the re- the big reason I wanna I wanna see it is Bette Midler as grandma. Right. You know, I was in- interesting because Uncle Fester is Nick Kroll, but I wonder if the filmmakers thought about Keith Coogan, who is an actor, and his grandfather well, played, played Uncle Fester on the TV series. Now, see, that that would have been nice casting. I thought that would have been kind of cool just to see just to see that. And, of course, we've also got Parasite opening that week. That just sounds scary. But it's Bong Joon-ho, and that guy, he is, he is brilliant. Um, and it's it's a dark comedy horror. Um, so I think uh, that one it's further down on the list, but I think it's worth seeing. And it's a Korean film, and we've got um, you know there was just KCON, and KCON yep. is this big thing of all things Korean. And it seems like right now in America there is a fascination. There truly culture. is, and of course, you, the go-to person <laughs> for BTS. Well, that's only because I'm a fan of the BTS fans because I told them. A long time ago that if the Beatles were around today um, and they had that social media, it would be BTS Army. Oh, the organization. Absolutely. It's, it's highly impressive. But, you know, there's another little film coming out on the 11th that I want to make mention of High Strung Free Dance. Soap opera legend Michael Damien. Who from The Young and the Restless. Yes. My, a lot of people don't realize that once Michael left soaps, Michael is a very, very well-known director. And he sang, too. Right? And he sang. Uh, but Michael, writer-director, co-writer is his wife, Janine. Janine's father, for all you trivia buffs, um, was James Best on Dukes of Hazard. Mm. But he did a film a couple years ago, High Strung, starring Jane Seymour, this is now a sequel. It is a dance delight. Well, please tell me my Jane Seymour is back. Jane Seymour is back. Yay! <laughs> See, this is where I am. See, I love Jane Seymour. I love Jane because Seymour. She can be naughty and she can be sweet. And I think that when Hollywood started giving her those opportunities, um, we got to see a different side of her. Yeah, and we're, we're going beyond... Uh, you know, the Winds of War kind of miniseries of the 70s. Now we've got, and beyond Dr. Quinn, we're, even though she and Joe Lando still tease the fans all the time, but there's so much legal wrangling with CBS that they can't do a reboot 
mm. of the show. That's too bad. But they do cruises together for all the Dr. Quinn fans. But you look at something with Jane like Austin Land, which she is delicious in. And it is so what you're not used to. Same with her character in High Strung and now in the sequel High Strung Free Dance. October 15th, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Kevin Smith is bringing this back. Is this going to be a hit? God only knows. I hear it's good. Well, for the cat, you've got Chris Hemsworth there. Matt Damon, Joe... Joe Manganiello, Val Dawson. Kilmer, yeah. and Val Kilmer. This might, this I think, will be a nice lead up to seeing Val again next year in Top Gun Maverick. So it's getting him back in front of the camera again. That's good. So I think that for me is a reason to possibly see that film. And it became kind of a cult hit after. Really was, did. You know, people. I think new generations might want to see the the reboot too. So that's good. And I think Kevin Smith has become kind of a hero of the comic world too. So yes. I think he's gotten new fans over the years. So I kind of like that. As we move to the next week, Friday, Ugh. October eighteenth, we have a lot of films, including <gasps> Zombieland Two, Double Tap. Well. Come on. What's not to love about Zombieland? And Rosario Dawson is in that one, too. <laughs> yeah, and she's another one we're seeing quite a bit of this fall. Um, but we've got Woody Harrelson again. And, of course, you know, Woody, as we just mentioned, the documentary Breakthrough, Woody narrates that. Now we get to see Woody as we love him, which is killing zombies in Zombieland, too. Um, Abigail I, Breslin is back, and I always love seeing Abby. But we have another film that's uh, going to be opening that you know did well the first time. It's Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. So that has Angelina Jolie back in that world playing Maleficent again. Elle Fanning's back as Queen Aurora. And now Michelle, M- Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer joins the fray this time. These movies seemingly always do well disney knows how to do it right they really do and people were reluctant they they weren't sure how maleficent was going to be received because we all knew the story of aurora as sleeping beauty but to turn it on its head and tell maleficent's story and now we thought we saw everything with maleficent and aurora and everything was lovely and happy at the end of the movie and now what happens what i like is that once upon a time Disney would take a movie like Maleficent and Maleficent 2 would be released direct to video. Now I think they're maybe, I don't know if it's the effort, the time, the talent, the scripts, are, they're saying these are big screen films. I think, I think that's a big part of it. Plus, I think there's also people are craving it. This is not the kind of movie that you want to experience on a streaming platform, which is where things... That's the alternative now to a DVD or, or a Blu-ray or a VHS from back in the day. Um, of course, look in my house. It's still the day in my house. But uh, this is not the kind of film you want to see on a streaming platform for your first experience. Would you have wanted to see each of the Avengers move, subsequent Avengers movies after Iron Man? Would you have wanted your first experience to be on streaming? No, no, no. no absolutely not. And the grandeur and scope of the production design, the costume design is such. And even when we get into the sound design, the sound design is so intricately done on so many of these big films now that you can hear the flutter, like with Maleficent, and I'm sure the same thing is going to happen with Mistress of Evil. You can hear the flutter of the fairy wings. And that attention to detail, a lot of people may not notice it, 
but it fills your senses. So it enhances the experience, and you're not going to hear it on your TV set. Okay, at okay, Miss Debbie Little Nice. <laughs> October 25th, Black and Blue. This stars Tyrese Gibson. I go back a long way with Tyrese. I root for him all the time. He's a big supporter of a lot of other people in the business. Frank Grillo is in this. Naomi Harris is in this. What do I need to know about this movie? What's it about? Well, number one, the big thing to know is Dion Taylor is directing it. Dion and I go way back, and Dion is a dear, dear friend. However, it's an action thriller. Right? It's an action thriller. Uh, Dion also knows that if it if it's crap, I will say it is crap Uh-oh. to his face as well. well. We should tell people it's this action thriller about a rookie cop, and that's Naomi. Yep, and she captures a. A murder of a drug dealer on her body. We have corrupt cops. And I think, but one of the big reasons to see Black and Blue, Dante Spinotti's cinematography. Spinotti is one of the best cinematographers out there. He did Ant-Man to show his range. The Last Mohicans, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Beaches. Okay. So that is a definite must-see film for October 25th, Black and Blue. All right, before we wrap it up, let's get into November briefly, because we can't stop without talking about Terminator Dark Knight. <laughs> right? Arnold's back. Sarah Connor is back. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton is back reprising her role. And this is the sixth installment in this series. Yep. There's a new Terminator, Gabriel Luna, right? Uh-huh. And it looks like it will have all the action that we remembered, all that kind of and given in chemistry. And hey, this is the sixth installment since the last Terminator installment. Stunts, technology, CGI, it's all advanced even more. So I'm chomping at the bit for that one. And we should talk about Motherless Brooklyn because this is Ed, Edward Norton's, Norton. like what, his his prize he's yes for a long time he stars in it yep it's a new york city crime drama and it's based on a novel from 1991 yes it is so you know and i'm typically always hesitant with adaptations from novels but when you get somebody like edward norton or you get a james franco somebody that is doing an adaptation they know literary construct they know how to bring characters from the page to the screen so I think Motherless Brooklyn is one to definitely have on your radar. Plus, Bruce Willis is in it. And not only Bruce Willis, but Willem Dafoe, who I think is great, <laughs> Alec Baldwin, Gubu and Botha Raw, yep. Cherry Jones, Bobby Cannavale. There is a nice um, cast here. And I yeah. feel like they had to look at the script when they were offered the part or read for the part and thought, I want to be a part of this. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to let you tease people with one more film. Oh, my God. Because Thanksgiving, we'll have you back and get into that whole holiday meal of movies. But Friday, November 8th Ugh. is a movie that you want to see. Well, right? actually, there's three I want to see. Talk about I got, one. I got to talk about one. You well, Say the titles of the other two. Okay, well, number we got to be on the lookout for Midway. It's a remake of 1976. Jack Smite. We're going to talk about that next time. Okay. Last Christmas, the trailer just dropped this week. Written by Emma Thompson, starring Emma Thompson. That one, and it's George Michael's music. And, of course, it features the song of the same name, Last Christmas. But the one that, I'm re- that I really am looking, looking forward to, it has Ewan, stars Ewan McGregor. Dr. Sleep, yes, Ewan, Ewan is my, Ewan is my downfall. 
Dr. Sleep. This is the sequel to The Shining and Ewan plays Danny Torrance all grown up. But the big mystery surrounding this film is who's going, will there be flashbacks? Will there be an appearance by Danny Torrance's father? You mean Jack Nicholson? Uh, You said it, not me. This is the big mystery surrounding this film. Will there be a Jack Nicholson appearance? But I think in and of itself, the fact that we're revisiting um, everything that we know and remember, red rum, red rum, it's it's this this is a big one. This is one I'm really really looking forward okay. to. Okay. We'll be able to talk next time about films including The Irishman, Knives Out, Jumanji the Next Level, Cats is coming out, <laughs> Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Call of the Wild, Little Women, another adaptation of that, Spies in Disguise. We've got some movies to talk about, but first just say thank you, please I will to Debbie Lynn Elias whose Twitter handle is movie shark d. Or you can find her also on Twitter, BTL Radio Show. That's heard all around the world. And you can find her online at BehindTheLensOnline.net. And that's where you'll get her full interviews with various stars and behind-the-scenes stars. A lot of extras, commentary, trailers, anything related to the movies that Debbie thinks you'll find interesting. And lots of movie reviews. And lots of movie reviews. And clearly, if you've been listening, she does not mince words. (laughs) (laughs) So Debbie Lynn Elias, thanks again for joining us for Off the Red Carpet, and we'll see you in November. Oh, thank you, George Pinocchio, and I will be back to talk about the holiday okay. and award season. All right. Thanks, thanks for being with us, everyone.